Hey, hey, welcome once again, Disability Law Show. Good to have you here at the end of the week. Lots of time for you to uh, check in and uh, contact either Savan Tamarkin or Albert Klein. They are both here courtesy Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. How do you do that? Really easy. Phone number one 855 Email address all the time is help at disabilityrights.ca. we got some emails coming in already. We're going to get to those very shortly. I'll give you a couple other websites you can use anytime for uh, quick and concise notations on disability. You have questions can be answered easily. LTDFAQ.ca. LTDFAQ.ca. Really simple to navigate. Couldn't be much easier. And uh, for questions any other time with a searchable database, which is handy because maybe a question you have in your mind has been asked previously and answered. That is MyDisabilityQuestions.com. Again, free and anonymous. Feel free to use that anytime, MyDisabilityQuestions.com. We will get into our discussion of independent medical examination. IMEs is what the uh, the short form abbreviation is. That's coming up here in just a bit, Savannah. But we always start off with the uh, case of the day or the week that was. What do you got, brother? Hey, John, great to be with you, with Albert, all our listeners. So, John, as you mentioned, you know, we are really well known across Ontario for our work uh, with long-term disability claims and injury claims. And so we talk about both areas of the law on our shows. And we, we are lawyers. That's all we do on a daily basis. We represent people who have been injured, who are disabled and are having difficulties with their insurance companies. And we field questions, and we answer questions for free. I know it's a, it's a tough, uh, you know, concept to get around <laughs> lawyers working for free, doing things for free. But for years, we've been giving out information and consulting people to try and, you know, level the playing field with insurance companies. And on this Friday evening show, we try and focus on on some injury questions that come our way. And one of the questions I had earlier this week from uh, a, a lady that was injured in a car accident just a few months ago, she suffered a knee fracture. And she was asking me, I, I was consulting with her, I was explaining to her how we can help, what can she expect from her own insurance company, automobile insurance company by way of benefits that she's entitled to. I told her what she could potentially uh, be entitled to under the law in terms of compensation from the other driver's insurance company. We call that the tort claim. So if you're injured in a car accident in Ontario, whether or not it's your fault, you are entitled to accident benefits from your own insurance company. We've talked about this before. And that is something that is just set in stone. If you are unable to work as a result of your injuries, after a car accident, you're entitled to income replacement benefits for a period of time. And there are other types of benefits, medical rehabilitation benefits, again, depending on the severity of your injuries. But there is this thing called a tort claim. Now, she had a car accident, but we have many people who contact us who have other kinds of accident. Maybe they were a pedestrian, they were struck by a car. Maybe they were a cyclist. They were thrown off the road, off their bike because of a, a you know, somebody who didn't pay attention and, and drove the car into them or, you know, opened the door and then noticed that they were there. Uh, maybe you, you got injured on a boat this summer, right? Cottage country. You, you slipped and fell a few months back on ice. People have questions. And one of the fundamental questions that people have 
is damages, compensation. What am I looking at? What does the law allow me to recover or to get by way of compensation? Now, I can tell you, John, I have too many people out there who have contacted other lawyers before me, and they come to me with preconceived notions of what it is that they can get or not get for that matter. And the advice that I hear people getting on a daily basis is oftentimes wrong. Not to mention that people go on Google, I call it Dr. Google, and get the wrong information because they look at American cases. They, they, you know, they go through all these sites, international sites, and the law is very, very different in Ontario as it relates to accidents and kind of comp the, you know, the competition that you're entitled to. So let's just break this down really quickly because I know Albert also has something he wants to talk about and I don't want to you know, hog the, the airtime here. When we're dealing with an injury and we're trying to figure out how much compensation a person is entitled to, we are looking at a variety of things. We're looking at pain and suffering. That's the number one thing we're looking at. How much pain and suffering, we call it general damages, that's the legal lingo, how much of that are you entitled to? And there isn't really a calculator for that. There isn't a book that you can open up and say, oh, okay, I'm going through the table of contents or, or you know, I'm going through the index and trying to figure out what it is that I'm entitled to. The reason for that is because different injuries affect people differently. And courts across the country, across Canada, have assessed injuries in, in, in a factual way, depending how old you are, depending on the impact on your ability to work, depending on you know your mobility, depending on the severity, again, depending on a variety of things. So pain and suffering, I'll give you an example, John. This lady who called me, she suffered a, a knee fracture. I told her that my assessment is that her pain and suffering is probably worth around sixty to eighty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. That's what a court will assess, I think, based on everything she's given me, her injury. But that's not the end of the story. And this is really key here. In many cases, the pain and suffering component of compensation of an injury claim is actually one of the smallest parts of the compensation scheme. Why? Because if, for example, you are injured, let's say, John, you're making $50,000 a year. Because of your injury, you now can't work for the next five years, as an example. Do the math. $50,000 times five years, $250,000. Yep. Well, you are a young guy, right? I mean, if you can't work, and even if you can go back to work, let's say, but you're working half the amount of time you did before, instead of $50,000 a year, you know, you can only work half the time. So, so you're earning $25,000 a year, but you can't work for the next 20 years. That's an income loss, potentially, of half a million dollars. And maybe maybe your pain and suffering is worth, I say worth, but let's say the value, the legal value is sixty to $80,000, but your income loss claim could be half a million dollars, maybe even more. So you see, we have cases where the pain and suffering component may be worth $20,000, $50,000, but there are other kinds of damages that you're, may, that you're potentially entitled to that could... Uh, uh, really push your claim upwards into the six figures, maybe even the mid six figures, high six figures, maybe into the seven figures. Wow! But without, we, you know, without proper consultation, again, these consultations are always free. You will never know, and so that's why I tell people: call us, 
contact us. It costs nothing to talk to any one of our lawyers, and we can give you your options. We can tell you exactly what your case, you know, is is not exactly what it's worth, but give you a range so you know what to work with, and, and at least you'll know, uh, and you can decide how you want to proceed with that. It's really simple, guys. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You'll have a. Um you know, a lengthier private conversation with Savannah or Albert or one of their uh, one of their team for sure. Albert, what do you got cooking, pal? Uh, so I just have a clear cut example of insurance companies effectively being insurance companies, and I mean, I, I've seen it time and time again. They're going to try and take advantage of you if you seem like you don't know what you're doing. And so last month, I was involved in a car accident where I was rear-ended. And I couldn't believe how many hoops I had to go through just to get covered by my own insurance company. And first off, I should definitely say I'm fine. Everyone was fine in the accident, but it just blew my mind. And so I called to report it to the insurance company on the data loss. It took about an hour and a half. And the initial intake woman that I spoke with, even though I told her that I was rear-ended, and of course, how could it be my fault if I was rear-ended, uh, she told me that an adjuster was going to have to call me back and that they would have to rate the accident and decide who was actually at fault. And then that would determine what car service I could use to actually get my car repaired. And then so I called the, that, that particular adjuster after waiting for about five days, no calls, and I called that same adjuster back five times. And it was only on the fifth time when I actually left a message and said, you know what, I'm a lawyer, I deal with this all the time, if I don't hear back from you within two days, I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna have, you're gonna get a letter from my law firm uh, and, uh, and I'm gonna be suing you for, uh, uh, for how you're handling the situation. And uh, guess what happened? They got to half it. An hour, half an hour later, I get a call mm. from that adjuster. After I called back five times, left other messages, and I kept thinking, this is, of course, the system that uh, we're dealing with, right? And insurance companies bank on people not knowing what they're doing, and they make them jump through hoops. And when they think they can take advantage of someone, they're going to do it. And unfortunately, insurance companies know that unless a lawyer is involved, many times that people aren't actually going to do anything. People are just going to call, they're going to call, and they're going to continue to call back. And sometimes they may give up. And if that one person gives up, what it means is the insurance company doesn't have to pay out. But of course, once someone has actually hired a lawyer, it means they're serious. And this is case in point. Guys, short break, lots more to go, and any time you want to reach out, Savannah Robert, you can do so. I'll give it to you again, one 821 5900 the number, help at disabilityrights.ca. And you can always ask questions anonymously. you got a cell phone, a tablet, or a keyboard, that's no problem. MyDisabilityQuestions.com, free and anonymous resource right there. And we'll continue. Lots more Disability Law Show is on the way. All right, thank you so much for hanging on. Welcome into your weekend as we get into the last uh, segment here of the show, the Disability Law Show. Savan Tamarkin is your guy to reach out anytime. Co-founding partner, Sam Fieru Tamarkin, LLP. 
the most positively reviewed law firm in this country. How about that? Albert Klein also joining us on the uh, on the side. Got a couple of emails to get through in just a minute here, guys. But uh, Savannah, I want to get into our topic, as I mentioned off the top of the show, and that would be IMEs, which are independent medical examinations. Um, the first question, obviously, everybody listening is going to you know wonder if they if they haven't been through it, is what is an IME and how are they used in personal injury cases by insurers, for that matter? Well, first of all, John, IME, independent medical <laughs> examination, okay? I, I emphasize the word independent because that's exactly what they are not. They are not independent. IMEs essentially are assessments that an insurance company asks you as a claimant to go to because they want to get a report from the doctor or specialist or whoever it is they've sent you to that they've chosen specifically handpicked and that they're paying to do this assessment and produce a report. So think about that for a second. Let's say you're in a car accident, you're in a slip and fall. Let's say you have a long-term disability claim. You're dealing with an insurance company. The insurance company says at some point, I want you to be seen by a doctor for an assessment. It's an IME, independent medical examination. It is not independent. Now, what I'm saying here is, yes, the doctor is supposed to, or the specialist is supposed to assess you independently using their skill, using their education, their experience, and then produce an objective report about the extent of your injuries or your illness, the disability, the nature of your impairments, how that affects your ability to work, do things around the home, etc., etc. But the reality is this, if the insurance company is sending you to an IME, it's because they are looking for a report to bolster their position, why they should not be paying you, or in the, in the context of long-term disability, why they should potentially cut you off LTD. And again, we see this all the time. Now, you have to go to these IMEs, and I say you have to, but there are caveats to that, uh, many caveats. In fact, John, you mentioned at the outset of the show the website ltdfaq.ca, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, there is actually a memo there. It's free for anybody who wants to go on it and check it out about IMEs, and it answers the most common questions. So, you know, the, the main issue here you have to understand is that when you are being sent to one of those specialists or one of those doctors, it's because the insurance company is looking for ammunition against you, against your case, so that they can pay you as little as possible. Now, there are ways to counter that. If you're in the process of a legal claim, if you have a lawyer, for example, if we are your lawyers, we are going to take action to counter that. One of the things we're going to do is we're going to contact your own treating doctors and make sure that they're on standby because as soon as we get the report from the IME doctor, the insurance doctor, we're going to get your doctors to counter that, to provide their contrary opinions. Because clearly, you are disabled or you're unable to work or you have these injuries or illnesses or whatever, clearly your doctors have your best interest in mind as opposed to these IME doctors who are being hired as hired guns by insurance companies. The other things that we do to counter these is we hire our own experts, our own experts that we then use in conjunction with the training doctors. So again, we build up your case. I use again the word build in in quotation marks because it's really important that we don't let the insurance company get away with simply getting those hired guns for the sole purpose of minimizing what they have to pay you under the law. 
tons more to talk about this, John. I think we have some emails that we want to get to. But if anybody mm-hmm. has any questions about IME specifically in their case or someone they know is undergoing that or they have questions, go to that website, ltdfaq.ca, read the information there, or contact us. Again, it doesn't cost anything to talk to anyone on my team. Again, as Savannah mentioned, ltdfaq.ca. If you haven't been there, check it out. Really simple to navigate. Click on all the headers, and you can either read the topics as you scroll down. By the way, it's got a downloadable PDF file, too, so you can get each one and have a have a copy of that. It's really, really simple. Patricia, first email up. I'm going to throw this your way. Albert says, uh, my best friend was walking downtown Toronto, and there were some workers working on a scaffolding nearby. One of their tools fell and struck her. Luckily, it didn't fall on her head, but it did hit her shoulder area, and she was bleeding, and her right arm is in a lot of pain. The doctors say that she may need surgery. I'm wondering if there is anything that can be done about this, and if the company that hired these workers is the responsible one. Well, Patricia, well, very sorry to hear about your friend, but absolutely, these are exactly the types of claims that we handle, and your friend should 100% contact us. Uh, We're always happy to speak with her and I guess anyone for that matter, free of charge. But just quickly, uh, you should tell her that there may be a number of entities at fault, including the workers, the company that hired the workers, the owner of the building, uh, and any of these subcontracting companies. And usually it can get a little bit convoluted. uh, But one of the things that we do is we drill drill down on exactly what happened uh, and usually we provide notice letters and get a little bit more information from the other entities involved. So definitely, she's obviously not responsible for this. It's very unfortunate that this happened, but she should definitely contact us. And this is uh, exactly the type of situation that we can help out with. So, Savannah, what do you think? Yeah, John, I think that Albert was completely right uh, in his answer here. I, I don't have much to add except to say that uh, I have seen... Um, through my career, a lot of people injured in, in completely different ways, not just car accidents, not just slip and falls, but here you have the scaffolding uh, uh, accident. I, I've seen accidents on boats, I've seen accidents uh, you know, in, in, in soccer games, a whole mm-hmm. variety of types of accidents. The key thing is to get the information you need at the outset, at the beginning. If you wait too long, if you try to do it yourself, dealing with the insurance company, dealing with the adjuster, if you go to the wrong lawyer or law firm that don't have a specialty, don't have an understanding of the intricacies of personal injury law in Ontario, you could be significantly diminishing the value of your claim because there's gonna be mistakes you're making along the way or that whoever's representing you is making along the way. Some of these mistakes can be rectified, some of them cannot. And I have seen cases, John, where people have come to me years later, and, and I'm looking at the case and I'm thinking, my God, had you come to me back then, first of all, we would have resolved your case by now. Second of all, we would not have made those mistakes that were made early on and, and, and you know, been able to get you a lot more money, compensation for your injuries. And so it's absolutely critical to come to a, a law firm, lawyers that know what they're doing, that have a specialty and a focus and an understanding and experience in that particular area of law. 
You know, it's interesting, too. I think this one, as bizarre as this accident seems, we often talk about during the the winter time on this show that it's important if you slip and fall on ice, take pictures immediately. I think this one requires that as well. I mean, scaffolding, you got to take a picture. Where the scaffolding picture of the tool, your shoulder, where you're walking, I, I don't think you could do anything but help your case, right? Oh, for sure. And sometimes people, when they get injured, you know, there's people around them, right? Family members, friends, colleagues, ask them to do it really quickly. Mm -hmm. And and if for whatever reason, listen, sometimes these injuries are really significant. You're not thinking about taking a photo. You know, you're thinking about surviving. You're thinking about the blood that's coming out or, you know, whatever's happening. And so it's really key as soon as you regain, you know, that thought process that you're thinking, okay, something just happened here. I need to get someone close to me to go and get those photos, to get a video done whatever, as soon as possible. If you don't have it, fine, it is what it is. But if you do have contemporaneous records, photos, videos, it's going to go a long way down the road in helping your legal case. Do you think in a case like this, Savannah, as we wrap it up here in a couple minutes, is there a chance that there's more than one entity involved? Again, we talk about that with slip and falls. Is it the property manager of the building? Is it the people who do the the snow plowing? I mean, this could be a similar type thing, right? 100%. I mean, the name of the game is blame when it comes to the defense. And Albert and I have seen this over and over and over. Listen, when you're going after a company or, or an individual that's working for a company, an insurance company, whoever it is you're going after, trust me, they're going to try and figure out who else they can blame. They may say that you're to blame, right? I mean, if you slip and fall on ice, one of the things you're going to say is you should have watched where you were going. But let's take a slip and fall like you just mentioned. Let's say you fall on, uh, I don't know, a parking lot that was ice, black ice. You're going after whoever was taking care of that property, but maybe those people hired a third-party winter maintenance contractor, and maybe they hired a subcontractor. Again, goes back to my point. You need to let us help you figure out who's responsible and who at the end of the day is going to pay you what you're owed for compensation for your injuries. Guys, always plenty to digest on this show, and we leave you with uh, with questions as well. They can be answered quite simply. You just got to reach out to Albert or Savannah or remember their team. They'll put you in touch. It's really simple, really fluid to get, uh, to get things happening. Here's how you do it. The phone number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. That email address, Patricia used, and you can use any time as well. Help at disabilityrights.ca. The website for questions, mydisabilityquestions.com. And as Savannah and I mentioned both a couple times during the show, an easy place to go for memos on all things having to do with LTD. Simple, again, and don't have to do it anonymously if you want. LTDFAQ.ca. Lots of information there, but we'll pick it up on the weekend. And for now, we are done. Until next time on the Disability Law Show.